You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the fifth Sunday of Easter, May 10, 2020, by the Reverend Lex Breckenridge, Rector at St. Thomas. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, There you may be also, and you know the way of the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not then believe me because of the works themselves, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do and in fact will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let me get right to the point. We're all suffering right now. Every one of us, each in our own way, we're all suffering. And if you're not acknowledging your suffering right now, well, just take a look around you. Here's as good a definition of suffering as I know. Anytime you are not in control, you are suffering. Let me say that one more time. Anytime you are not in control, you are suffering. Check me out. It sure rings true for me. Without my usual schedule, without the structure of the daily life I've become accustomed to, without being able to see my children and grandchildren and friends and you, without knowing how all this is going to end, which is another way of talking about control, well, my dear friends, I'm suffering. How about you? The worst thing I could do for you right now is to offer you some 
false assurances or empty words of security, you'd eventually see right through all of that and it would just make the suffering worse. So I'm not going to do that. But you know what? You don't have to count on me for anything I might say right now. You can instead count on Jesus. He has some words of comfort, some words of assurance, some words of hope for us this morning. And we can rely on those words because, paradoxically, they don't come from a place of power and control and privilege, the places I'm most comfortable with. No, Jesus' words of comfort and hope are just that. Because they come from a place of vulnerability. And his words are spoken to his friends who are in the most vulnerable place they've ever been in their life. Our text this morning, just like last week's and next week's, comes from a long goodbye that Jesus is giving to his closest friends the night before his arrest and trial and certain execution. He knows where this is all headed, and so he's telling them goodbye. But even as he's telling them goodbye, he's telling them he's preparing a place for them, a place where they'll be with him again. And here's the real surprise a place they already know how to get to. Now, that causes Thomas to ask a really good question. We don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Now, if that was a good question on that long ago night, well, it's a really good question today. Lord, I don't even know where you're going. How the hell am I supposed to get there? That's my question, I'll tell you. How am I supposed to know the way? Well, for one thing, Jesus isn't offering his friends, and that certainly includes you and me, a Google map or a clear set of written directions. And that's because he's not pointing the way to a physical location or even some remote spiritual location. He's talking about himself. All through his long goodbye. He uses different images to show his friends just what it is they've been following. All of these images begin with, I am. Last Sunday, we heard him say, I am the gate. The gate to the sheep pen where the sheep can shelter in safety. And he goes on to say, I am the good shepherd. The one who calls the sheep by name, searches for them when they're lost, and then leads them safely home. Today we hear him say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In the chapter that follows the one we read this morning, we'll hear him say, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. And then, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Abide in me as I abide in you. All these images of sheep pens and shepherds and many dwelling places, of the way, the truth, and the life, of a vine with many branches, all of these I am images are invitations to safety and comfort and consolation without offering any kind of phony sense of security or false assurance that everything's going to be fixed and everything's going to return to normal. These I am images, in fact, are invitations to us to let go of our need to control all the outcomes and simply rest with Jesus. 
abide with Jesus. In the midst of intense grief and loss, these are images that offer hope that grief is not the end of the story. But notice now, Jesus never says, oh, you don't need to grieve. He never says that. In fact, Jesus realizes that grief is necessary. It's necessary to unlock the heart, to open the heart in the most vulnerable way so that love can enter. You know, this morning's gospel reading is one of the readings that the Book of Common Prayer suggests for funerals. In all my years of ordained ministry, it's by far and away the one that families most often select. You know, funerals aren't for the dead. Funerals are really for the living. The living come together at the funeral or the memorial service to do the work of grieving so they can go on living. And some have the assurance in this reading that there are many dwelling places, many mansions, as the old King James Version has it, in the Father's house, that have been prepared not just for the loved one, but for those grieving the loved one. I mean, that seems to resonate very powerfully. And for the living, the dwelling, the abiding, happens now. Not just in the age to come, but now. It happens because grief has the power to open the heart to love. If we allow it to do that, the suffering that grief often brings comes from all kinds of control wants that just can't be met. You know, like regret over things done or left undone with the loved one, or longing to be in the loved one's presence, or sadness that the times of beauty and warmth and love that were once shared won't be happening again. All of that loss is really an expression of love. And the truth is, that love hasn't died. It's just taken on a new dimension. So grief can lead us to love, and to love fiercely and generously. Grief reminds us of the reality of the shortness of this life. And the way forward through grief and in the midst of grief, grief that in many cases lasts the rest of our lives, the way forward is love, fierce love, generous love. I am, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. Follow me to the Father. Live my way of love. Live and speak my truth. Take hold of my life and make it your life. Now, today, in the midst of all the suffering and the grief and the loss, let go of what you can't control and find the path forward. Ran across a beautiful essay yesterday by a writer named Sabrina Mark. She's a poet and an academic who studies and writes about fairy tales. And she's long desired to be on a university faculty. In February, she spent three days interviewing for just such a position at a university. And during those days, she began to question the worth, the value for her of a role like that. Her long-held dream was now seeming to be empty. Then came pandemic. 
She's at home now with her husband and their two young sons. Instead of being a teacher of creative writing in a university setting, she's now a homeschool teacher of two elementary school-age high-energy boys. As she reflects on the loss of her dream career, she's also reflecting on the life she has in this very moment. Running out of homeschooling ideas, she's just sent her boys on a scavenger hunt. I wanted an office with a number, she says, as the boys take off. I wanted a university ID. I wanted access to a fancy library and benefits and students and colleagues and travel money. I wanted the whole stupid kingdom. And then she picks up the phone and calls her mother. And she repeats her lament. And then what, says my mother. And then nothing, I say, as I jump off the very top of the fairy tale that has no place for me. You're better off, says my mother. I look around. I've landed where I am. And where she is, what she describes, where she's landed is the kingdom of love. Letting go of control, being vulnerable to the suffering that comes along with all our control needs, cracks open the heart to love. So this is where we've landed, all of us. I mean, we can continue to try to control the outcome, which means we can continue to suffer. Or we can be present in this moment, in this hour, in this day, in this month, in this year, to something new. Yes, old dreams may be lost, but something new is being born. The way, the truth, the life is right here, right where we've landed. And yes, there is a voice. A voice that you can hear if only you'll listen. And that voice says, I am. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website at www stthomasmedina.org